Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and uh, welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and today bringing you a special show uh, which took place during the mid-innings break between uh, TalkSport 2's live and exclusive coverage of the third one-day international between India and uh, South Africa. Reaction to that match can be found on the following on feed, but today I'm going to bring you a chat between myself, the uh, Surrey head coach Gareth Batty and the former IPL player Abhishek Junjunwala. The topic... So Andrew Strauss's high performance review and how it's being seen within the county game. Who better than to speak to a man who is immersed in county cricket, 20 years of experience as player, now coach, than Gareth Batty. And also Abhishek Junjunwala, who grew up playing domestic cricket in India and now resides in the UK. So uh, sit back and uh, listen as Gareth Batty and Abhishek Junjunwala uh, discuss Andrew Strauss's High Performance Review. I'm delighted to say that uh, Surrey uh, head coach, interim or otherwise, Gareth Batty, is with us. He's uh, made the short journey up from uh, Balham on the uh, uh, on the uh, Northern Line to London Bridge, where our studios uh, are, are, are here in uh, the cent- in central London. Uh, Bats, there's so much to talk about, and one of the uh, the hot topics in cricket at the moment isn't about man cadding. Would you mancad? <laughs> it's about Andrew Strauss's uh, high performance review. It's really dominated. It's been the back, the backdrop, and the and the dominant story really throughout the summer. You were on uh, with uh, Neil Manthorpe and Steve Harmison on the Cricket Collective, which is available via the following on podcast feed and on Talk Sport Two on Tuesdays. Uh, a couple of weeks back, um, and you were making uh, mention of the fact that you, like a lot of coaches, we had Peter Moores on the show the following week. Uh, and like uh, Peter Moores, head coach at Nottinghamshire, neither of you two had been 
spoken to by uh, anybody connected to, to this high-performance review. But there's so much to talk about in regard to this subject. But let's just start with the beginning. I've got a question for you because I suppose these reviews, they come out more often than not after defeats in the ashes. Okay? And the kind of purpose of a review like this essentially is to make England better. Make the England cricket team better. From what you've seen and heard from the review suggestions in terms of how the game should change in this country, do you think that this will make English cricket at the top level better? Yes and no. There are, there are a lot of very good arguments for uh, parts of the review. There's some really good stuff in the review. There is also some things that I think uh, we are we're taking a, a short view and a and a, a current modern day view of, of a quick fix, which worries me. The knocking lots of first class games down is a worry in this country. And yes, we've just had a wonderful summer, but uh, we've seen it the other way, where it rains a lot. So are you going to lose lots of days? Um, we've seen lots of Indian cricketers wanting to come and play in England this summer, which has never really happened. Uh, in the in the short term, sort of last five to six, seven years, because we play an amount of cricket. The Aussies all want to come here. Um, South Africans want to come here. Pakistanis want to come here. Sri Lankans want to come here. We, we've got to be doing something right for all these countries to want to come and play in our domestic structure. Now, the flip side of that is I'm very aware of how the modern game is going and the, the demands that players are under, not just what we see on the field. We see it behind the scenes in gyms and running, and we, we want a better product. We want athletes not just uh, you know, rolling back the clock 20-odd years where you know, we want to see the guy diving on the boundary. So there's a, there's a shift, there's a change. My overriding think, uh, thought about the whole thing would be there's lots of good in both arguments, some sitting on the fence of why change, some sitting on the re- review saying it's great. Why don't we look the other way and look after our better cricketers so have more central contracts so that we can actually uh, say to our best players, we're going to look after you, you're not going to play as much as the 350 players that will never play international cricket that are playing professional sport in this country, cricket. You've played around the world. You've spoken to a lot of cricketers. You've spoken to a lot of cricketers in the Surrey dressing room who've come over here to play either white ball or red ball cricket for Surrey. Do you think that our game puts players at a, dis- at a disadvantage more so than other countries? So essentially... One of the points that Andrew Strauss makes is that the step up from county cricket to international cricket is bigger in this country than it is in other countries. Reasons for that include lack of atmosphere within the ground, too much cricket played, and I suppose the cricket being played not mirroring what we see at international level in terms of the amount of fast bowling, true fast bowling, and the amount of spin. Look, they're all valid points, but I beg to differ that uh, the first-class systems are better around the world. Australia, their first-class system is, is diminishing. They've never had crowds. We used to have crowds, and we still get decent crowds. I'm, I'm being biased because I've spent most of my time at the Kia Oval this year, but we're getting five, 6,000 on Sundays and, and even midday weeks when people are working because there's some wonderful cricket being played. If we play the right manner, people will come and watch. But we have to understand that Monday to Friday people work. It's not about the crowds. It's about the quality of cricket and the standard of the cricket. So I understand that there, we can make small shifts there. I really do. And I, I, I appreciate and I, 
I actually applaud uh, the fact that we could change uh, the structure from, say, seven in Division One and, and have more in Division Two. It, it make it hard to get out of Division Two, so it's a better standard in Division One. I don't like the playing ten games. I think uh, as soon as you get a bad summer with weather, you're straight away down to seven and eight. And the reason I say that is it's not for our top boys, it's not for Stokes, it's not for Root, it's not for a Pope and a Folks now. It's for those guys actually when they're younger playing enough cricket to get their muscle memory up, to get them exposure to different conditions, to get them exposure to playing, um, to get them ready for international cricket. The step up is massive wherever you are in the world. India don't get it right and they're the biggest cricketing nation. Pakistan don't get it right. Nobody does because the gulf is so big and it's only going to get bigger because of the advent of franchise cricket that your jet players, your, your Stokes and your... Will, will, will do the IPL stuff and dot around, so there's less time for them to play domestic here. We have to look at the bigger picture of how do we develop players to be good international players or give them the best chance. They have to play games. You can't tell me that young Brooks has not benefited from playing almost a full county season this season, and he's setting the world alight. Now, from this point, he flies and he's on England's central contract and fine. If he doesn't play much county cricket now, no problem. I have no problem with that. Our best players should be well remunerated. They should be looked after. But we have to provide a system for the next generation to play enough, to give them at least enough ammunition that when they do get up to that point, and it is so different around the world, it's very hard. It's elite of elite. At least they have some more tools in their bag to at least give them a chance uh, to succeed at that level. Let's imagine a world where we have a 12-match county championship season. Okay, Let's just go between the 10 on offer and the 14 as it is. If it was down to you, how would that county championship look over the summer? Because as we've just seen, or what we've just experienced is, what Surrey played, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but they played, played, must have played six games in April and May. Correct. They then played... Two random games, or two random. We played three through 2020. Three through 2020. So that was nine. There was then four three. in September. Was there three? <laughs> no, but there was three games. Which, to be honest with you, sorry, won all three. And I don't think last season they would have won all three. They they conjured up some ridiculous victories. And then essentially there was another pause. And then they came back again and they played three matches in September. So essentially the season was. Three chunks, a big one, a small one, and a slightly small one. That's not ideal. I don't think anybody suggests that that is ideal. If it was down to you, how would the season look if it was a 12-match county championship season? Uh, this is where I'm not going to help the situation. I don't have an answer. From a purely coaching and purely playing basis, you want to block off the different formats of the game. Our issue is we've got four to block off. That is our biggest spanner in the works that, that is now the modern problem. Um, how you deal with that, unfortunately, I can't give an answer because it does need to be blocked, and I totally agree with that. And the, the people that do the fixtures, you've got the, you've got the hardest job in the world. Um, I apologise for not giving a, a definite solution to that. Um, if we can somehow condense it so that it's more, uh, maybe say, eight games pre the 100 and then you have a block of four at the end, maybe. If we're talking about 12, that might be some kind of a, a compromise, and you're basically playing in two uh, sort of dis- uh, well, two segments of the season. But as soon as you get to three, there's a lot more to chance um, for the teams that are challenging. 
all the teams that are in the difficult side. You know, you get momentum is a thing in sport. But I, I truly believe that blocking off is a, is a good thing. We don't want to go back to the days of playing a four-day game and then a one-day game at the end on your fifth day. I mean, p- players were just shattered. They were goose. They can't do it properly. Um, and, and you're putting people in the modern world in a huge risk. You put, we call it like the red zone where players are a real chance of breaking. We can't say whether they are or not, and nobody in the world can. Um, but you can say they're, you know, they're at high risk. So we, we don't want to go back into that, um, that, that, that route. How that looks, I can't give an answer because I just don't think there is a perfect solution, unfortunately. So give us an idea of what it's like to be a coach of a side which has to play six matches inside seven or eight weeks. So it's April and May. These are home and away fixtures. So you're travelling up and down the country. Generally speaking, we were starting on a... Well, it doesn't really matter what day you start on, but... Started on a Sunday for that period, and then as we went through the season, it was more midweek starts. Now, Surrey are blessed with the resources that few can match in world cricket on a domestic front. You've got a big squad. I think 24 players might have been utilised for the county championship this year. A lot of that was because of England call-ups. Some injury as well. But give us an idea of what it's like to essentially be playing what, from the outside, looks like a, a relentless schedule for two months. Four-day matches, travel days. Is, is there any training? Do, do players get days off? Do you get a day off? I mean, or is it just head down, see you in June? I, I think this has to be about the players, first and foremost. Um, if the staff have to work, you've got to work. That's just the way it is. Get, get on with it. Uh, but players, we need to afford them some rest time, um, more than anything for the top two inches. But it would generally work that you play on a Sunday. Uh, so it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then you would have a, a clean day off Thursday. Friday would be the coach's day, so you would train. Then Saturday would be player's day. Training is put on, uh, but if you don't sorry, want to do sorry. too much. So what's coach's day? Coach's day is two days out. So what then, does that mean? Uh, they do what I tell them to do uh, at Surrey. Um, so it would be full-on nets, batters v bowlers. There was always top-up nets. The coaches will never leave until players have got exactly what they want. There ah, is I see. So session. coach's day is when the coaches tell the players what to do. Yeah. And, and then, players, they, that's when they say, well, I need to work on this and do that. I mean, it's, it, it's basically an ongoing discussion with players anyway. So it's just a way of breaking down that this day is yours. So if you want to come in, put some tape on your bat and go home, fine. But today you come and do what we tell you has to be done, if that makes sense. And obviously we're flexible with it. It's not, nothing set in stone and everybody's in a different uh, physical situation and, and, and sort of skill situation. But yeah, you're basically one day off and then uh, the rest of the week is, is geared towards a game. Now, I'm not going to be the one here live on radio saying that it's super difficult from our perspective at Surrey because we have a very, very, very good squad. The, the difficulty for us is managing uh, players and being able to pit stop them. So a pit stop is basically you are not rested. You will come, you won't play, but you will be doing some physical things so that you are ready to play the next game. So call it rest and rotation for other people. We don't see it that way. You're still immersed in what we're doing here. We're just going to do some different things opposed to playing. Um, so it's a way of keeping you switched on to what's going on, but we can still refresh you. Um, we have a resource that we can do that. I know other counties do not have that resource, and it becomes very difficult for them. I was going to say, so say you're five, four or five weeks in, and you're coming up against a smaller side. Say you're coming up against Northamptonshire uh, within the county championship division one. Do you can't, are you kind of expecting them to, to be tailing off slightly because you know that they don't have the resources 
They have would they would have had four intense weeks, and you've just got a feeling that you might be able to capitalise on on that kind of. I'm taking Northampton as, as an as an example because actually the majority of the uh, counties within Division One are do have do have good resource behind them. But is that would you factor that into your thinking even on a subconscious level? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's part of the it's part of the process from a management point of view to get your uh, assets, which are your players. Uh, in the best position to win your games of cricket. Um, so, uh, for instance, there was a time this year, I think it was third game, we rested Jamie Overton, um, who was flying. I think he just got four for and three for an absolutely bold, the speed of light, brilliant. We rested him so that he played the week after, and he won us that game uh, at the key But because the surface that we were about to play on, uh, I believe it could have been Gloucester, where it would be low and slow, we're just going to flog him for the sake of flogging him. So, pal, we're looking after you. This is not you missing out. This is you being ready for this game because you are playing and you're going to terrify some lads here because the surface suits your skill set. We can do that. Others can't. And, and that is something that, we, that has to be our point of difference. Um, the flip side of that is Jamie would have been like, hang on a minute, I've just killed it last game. I've got runs, wickets. Why are you leaving me out? Well, we're not. It's just a change of psyche, which is something that we have to sort of deal with. So thinking about it then, you reduce the amount of games, basically... Overton doesn't have a game off. He'll probably end up playing the same amount of games. Well, uh, my take on it would be, particularly Jamie and, and highly skilled players like that, England should have them under their remit. So if we're talking about, say, 400 players that play professional cricket in this country, uh, that's just men. Um, I don't know the exact figures, but it's around about that. I'm saying that only 50 out of those 350 are going to play for England within that sort of two or three years. And that's max. Most of those aren't going to play. So you can, and you know roughly who they are. You know the guys who are not. And I'm suggesting this review is diluting for the 350 instead of promoting the 50, if that makes sense. So have the schedule as it is. Yes, make first division smaller, more condensed, but still keep 12 games for me. Second division, you might have to work a bit harder to get out of it, but you're still protecting basically something which will still promote players who are just on the periphery. They can have a massive season. They can, they can get the extra muscle memory of getting on good run, get on good form, and all of a sudden the penny drops. What we should be talking about is our best players not running them into the ground. And I think that's the thing that you go back to Graham Gucci's time and Alex Stewart back in the day. They're fast bowlers. We're playing a test match and two days later going and playing for, say, Derby, Devil, Malcolm, whoever it might be, or whatever. Batters... It's, it's a swings and roundabouts thing. Some people need the game time. So Joss Butler doesn't need to play lots of games to be in wonderful nick, and he proved it the other day. But there'll be somebody else that needs the time in the middle to be at their best level. By taking games away, we're not giving them their best opportunity. And there, is, there are always going to be professional players in this country to fill the void. I think we have to get away from this notion that we can create a system that is going to be just under or equivalent to test cricket. That isn't happening franchise cricket is here to stay so even your best domestic players are going to start making decisions between red and white ball because they're going to fill the coffers to look after their families so they're not going to do the the journeyman stuff so we have to be smart about what we take away because once it's gone you ain't bringing it back in here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I'd like to bring Abhishek in, actually, if you don't mind, Abby, to put your uh, your cans on, because it's interesting to hear the way, say, a two-month uh, county championship schedule is is in place. You've played in the IPL. How does that work in terms of similar situation? It's a it's a two-month. Talking about carving out two months for the county championship, it's two month uh, in the main f- tournament. Obviously, the distances between cities is greater, so your travel days. Are, are longer and one of the questions I always wondered with the IPL is where do you fit in practice do you you know the, the fielding drills the batting um, in and around the you know non-stop nature of the games and the partying allegedly you know how, how does that structure how does it work from an IPL perspective I mean it's difficult it is difficult because if you're playing a game you often finish at around midnight 12.30, sometimes 12, 12 o'clock. And by the time you get to the hotel, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And you've got to leave at 6 in the morning. You've got a plane to catch. So half the time, we wouldn't even sleep. <laughs> Because by the time you go, you get over the game, your body's rested. It's time to go. And I don't know. We always have this issue, like, why do we have to get those morning flights? You know, why wouldn't you get the afternoon flights? A so, lot of times, was that always, so it was always an early morning flight? Most of the time. Most of the time we had a morning flight. We didn't even get an Did afternoon. Did you ever get an answer about why you were always on the early flight? I think that was the cheapest flight, really. <laughs> to be honest to get. But there would be some... I mean, there would be times when we would probably have a rest day in the same city because it's so fast track. Probably sometimes you're playing four games in a week. So you're playing in a city and then you're traveling next day and straight away playing a match the day after. And then you travel in the daytime and sometimes you have a session in the after evening and then you're playing the next day. So basically, the, it's up to the players to manage their rest, how you do it. So more often than not, to be honest, we wanted to get that three, four hours sleep if we could. 
uh, even if we get to the room at one o'clock, we would try and sleep by two and get up at five, five thirty-six to get some rest and then try and sleep on the plane and when we get to the other city. That kind of covers off my point that we're talking about the best league, probably in sport, but certainly in cricket, in the world, and it has teething problems. There is no such a thing as a perfect solution. These reports always come back with a perfect solution. It does not exist. We have to work with what we have to make it better. Always we have to be making it better. But to rip it up and start again, I, I think it's, uh, we're living in crazy times if that is seen as the best solution. Abby, from the outside looking in, you obviously live, well, maybe not obviously to a lot of our listeners, but you live in London. You work within cricket, but you were a professional in India. From the outside looking in, do you, is this just English navel-gazing? Or is this a real problem that needs addressing? And if it is a real problem that needs addressing, is this the way forward from where, from where you sit? I mean, I... I to be honest, I've never been involved with county cricket, but what I've seen, what I've heard, and what I've heard just now, that having that breaks as a professional cricketer when you're playing different formats can completely take your momentum away. If I'm scoring runs in those four-day matches and I want to look, I'm looking to play for England, I want to make a name for myself and I want to play the five-day five day matches and play test cricket for England. And if I'm on a good run where I've got, say, 200s out of the first three matches and then I have a period of two months of not playing any four-day cricket, by the time I get another opportunity to play the four-day cricket, I might just completely lose my form and I lose my chance to play for England. And, you know, that's a massive, massive, massive uh, negative for me if I'm a, as a cricketer. Because when we played Ranji Trophy in India, we always had the Ranji Trophy season. We played back-to-back -back six games in Ranji Trophy. There was no break in between because if you have a good momentum going, you want to play as many matches as possible. So that's similar then, isn't and, it? And then we had the other format starting after we finished one format. We never overlapped formats when we were playing cricket in India. And probably that's the reason it worked well. IPL had a clear calendar. By that time, pretty much you finished everything. Maybe you had the T20 left, which would often get played after the IPL. And that was only the knockout game, semi-final, final, to finish off the tournament. But often we had majority of the matches finished by the time comes IPL. So what about then this idea that the jump from domestic cricket in England is greater, too great, it needs to be addressed, than in India? Is, is, because India struggled to win away for a long, long time, and yeah. even now they, they, I think they, they've been successful in Australia, of course, but yeah. you know, maybe the, the results haven't matched the dominance of the team, certainly at home, unbeatable. But is there any difference? Is there anything that you can see that the England game isn't doing in terms of preparing the players that India cricket or anywhere else is? I think the only thing I would say is the number of hours a cricketer in India plays game, to be honest, because they have a nine-month season where in England you have a five-month season. And on average, an Indian cricketer, a domestic cricketer, is probably practicing six hours, five hours, six hours. Just and, and that happens because the amount of players who are there, the amount of people who are there to throw balls at them. And, you know, when we grew up in India playing under-16 cricket, I'm talking state level, county level, under-16, I could have six guys bowling to me for an hour. And I don't think a cricketer at under-16 level can have one guy bowling to him an hour because it's very difficult to find people to come and throw balls at you for that long of a period. And I think just the sheer number of hours you get in India, that makes a massive difference in the quality of cricket you're producing. Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? it? Are you better off playing games for the hours that yeah. you need for muscle memory of, yeah. of movement patterns, whether you're batting or bowling or fielding, or are you better off doing it in practice? 
I would suggest that once the season starts, we're a bit more game-loaded as opposed to practice-loaded. Yeah. Whereas India might be more practice, still a bit loaded over games, but it doesn't sound that way. And the bits, my understanding of it is, once the season gets under underway, uh, it's very much you play and you don't practice as much. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. The, what I meant to say is that because you have a longer season, Indian cricket season starts in September, and Indian monsoon is different in every other state. So if you are, say, Bengal, where we grew up. September was always a monsoon season, so we would go away to Bangalore, we would go over to Delhi, we would go to different states to play matches because there's tournaments happening all year round in India. And even the first class side would travel and play these tournaments. And that's what I meant to say that there's so many so much more cricket you play as a cricketer that that helps you understand the maturity comes quicker because you've played that many number of matches. If you're playing fifteen match here in India, just to give our example of Prithvi Shaw, by the time he was eighteen he would have played 10 times more matches than an 18-year-old here. Perfect. That covers off my point that we don't play too much cricket. It's nonsense. So, why does, is, does the feedback from PCA consultants with players suggest that we do play too much cricket? Okay, John, your boss comes in tonight and says, John, you're doing an 80-hour week. I want you... Well, there's talk in the office that actually... 70 hours might be better or 60. Oh, yeah, I think a 60-hour work, works, boss. You know, blah, blah. Of course you're going to take less games be, and, and be paid the same or even more, which is what is happening at the minute. We're seeing young guys at the minute. This is our biggest problem, I believe. We're seeing young guys get picked up in the 100, don't play for a month. Don't play. We're talking about under-20s, picked up in the 100 and not playing, just sitting, watching. Now, there'll be some great learnings there, watching some of the superstars that we have, but they're not playing. What? It's crazy. How do we not have a system that says you're with the 100 but you're going to be sort of taken back to your county to play some 50 over stuff because you're just going to be sitting on the bench? We're just too rigid in our thought and that everything is wrong as opposed to going, hang on a minute, there's an awful lot right here. It just needs a little bit of common sense and a little bit of manoeuvring. But one thing picking up there, Pretty Paul would have played far more than uh, any of our under, our 18-year-olds by 18, like double the amount of games. We're complaining about too much cricket. And yet, on the flip side, in India, they're saying, well, that's why he's accelerated so much. And that's, ba- my, that's the basic premise of my argument. That we're talking about 350 players. It doesn't matter what the system looks like. We're talking about getting it right for 50 or even less because they're going to be our international players. And our great game is filtered towards the England team, not towards Surrey or Yorkshire or Lancashire. It's England. It's the right way around. You earn all your big money. You get all your stardom by playing for England, not county cricket so we're talking about sorting out the elite for me we're getting it the wrong way around sort the elite out and then the rest will be fine brilliant stuff uh, well that was the thoughts of uh, Gareth Batty uh, sorry coach and Abhishek Jujinwala uh, who played uh, for uh, for a couple of teams actually within the Indian Premier League well that's it for another edition of following on thanks uh, for listening and if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS and uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review and if you're already a subscriber then tell your mates to do the same and if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.